Well, welcome. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Once again, we're grateful that you tuned in. Another program, another day, and uh, as I said, this is 89.1 FM Radio. If you're having any problems, any staticky, any any kind of uh, issues with sound, uh, oftentimes what I do is just I, I pull it up on my phone, or you can pull it up on your iPad, or just uh, I use Electra too at home, yeah. and just ask for WNZN Radio. Or if you want to just go to the site, it's uh, www.wnzn.org. Okay, well, we're here again, David. Um, yes, great to be here, John, as always. Another show, another yeah. day. Got some things coming up in the near future, but you can't help but come from summer and going into early fall without looking at uh, nature, creation, yeah. the changing of seasons, and it, it, it's really like clockwork. We're going to talk a little about that, that... Uh, how God has revealed himself in, in creation itself, in this universe. But one of the ways he does it is he keeps things on time. You know, <laughs> not only did he create the universe, but he sustains the universe, which is two separate things. We're going to look at that this morning. So we're going to look at this whole idea, does God reveal himself in creation? And uh, this is a very, very important topic today because... More and more places, people are not considering mm -hmm. uh, the existence of God and could there be a God. And of course, one of the most certain ways that that's declared in the in the Bible is simply by looking at the world around us. And we're a part of that world. We're a player in this great drama we call existence and life. And I want to look at that this morning. We'll get in some different. Uh, yeah. Uh, verses in the Bible, but also we'll look at some things outside the Bible, even what scientists say, uh, regarding uh, that there has to be a creator. If they, we have this creation, the way it exists now, and we're looking at the evidence, uh, it, it tells us that there's a creator. And a, and a good place to start on this uh, is in Romans chapter 1. Yep. Uh, Romans chapter 1, it's very clear in verse 19 and 20. And now, this letter is being written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to the to the Romans, you right. know, these are people living in Italy. They they come out of a pagan background. Of course, he's writing this to a church in Rome, but uh, Paul is saying that we should know a lot about the Creator by simply looking at creation. Right. So read that, Jen? in verse nineteen and twenty, sure. yeah, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of, of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Okay, so this is so powerful. Oh, yeah. Because it's saying what may may known of God is manifest in them. So mm -hmm. there's something actually inside us that looks for order, it looks for it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that God has set eternity in our hearts. Yeah. So it seems like man is hardwired to look at his surroundings and, and hopefully come to the realization where there's a creator behind this creation. <clears throat> it, it says here, it's manifest to them. God has shown it to them. Notice those words, manifest, shown. But then he goes way back in time in verse 20, since the creation of the world. So <clears throat> he's going way back in time, even right. before the scientific revolution and all this other stuff. He said, since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. So there's that word clearly seen or manifest or understood. In other words, we don't see God, but we see his creation. Mm -hmm. We don't see the creator, but we see his creation. If you go to the art museum, 
you don't see who painted that picture mm -hmm. or who made that statue, but you know somebody had, there had to be a painter, right? Yes. If you look at these incredible statues down at the Art Museum, <clears throat> that hunk of stone didn't just roll down a mountainside mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you have mm -hmm. this, you know, yeah. statue of a Roman emperor or a statue mm -hmm. of a Michelangelo's uh, work, uh, yeah. David or something like this. You know that that required a mind and creative effort. So how much more so when we look at the universe around us? So he says... Since creation is clearly seen, he just doesn't say it's seen. It's, he says it's clearly seen, being understood. Now here comes the understanding by the things that are made. So he's saying by looking at the things that are made, yep. things we see, touch, feel, smell, that tells about things we can't see, touch, feel, i.e. Mm -hmm. God, that God is omnipotent, all-powerful, that God is... Uh, invisible that God yeah. is unchanging that God is all-powerful those are the invisible things that we can see in creation understood by the things that are made that's crucial even his eternal power remember we're talking right. omnipotent he's, he's ever-present and Godhead so that they are without excuse so nobody can ever say God you didn't give me enough evidence now I heard a famous atheist they said that they said okay what happens when you die and you wake up in the presence of God, what would you say? Mm -hmm. And he said, you did not give me enough evidence. But this verse says, I give you evidence every day. Right. You see what I'm saying, David? Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on this? Because it's such an important starting point uh, for our conversation regarding creation and the, and the creator God. Yeah, you know, John Lennox, uh, he's a famous mathematician and theologian over in uh, Oxford, and he was talking about this, and he basically said, you know, um, even as a scientist, uh, there is no way to say that X plus X equals, you know, Y. Yeah. And that there was no X to have the Y. And he said that with engineering, with uh, with um, Ford, you know, he was, he was developing uh, the model car, but... You know, it's almost like developing the car without engineering involved yeah, or right. science behind it. It can't happen. No. And so, you know, when you're looking at nature, I don't know how many times Ron and I do this, but I think that God really does communicate um, himself through creation. No, like no. when you're seeing the butterflies flying around and you're, you're seeing all the different, you know, flowers that exist. And, you know, it's, it is mind-boggling to me that people think, it just happened, yeah. and it cre created itself out of nothing. That's the issue. Yeah. And so, you know, it's Abraham Lincoln that said, uh, everything I see teaches me to believe in a God that I do not see. That's right. So yeah. everywhere you look, and we're going to look at this, it's mm -hmm. not only the creative matter, yeah. but then you come to life. Mm -hmm. First of all, how can matter, as you just said, David, yeah. how can nothing produce something? Yeah. You know, time, mm -hmm. electromagnetic power, gravity. How could all these elements be there, what they call a big bang? Right. When it, when it seems that if you take things back, mm -hmm. like reverse engineer this universe, let's say yeah. that. Yeah. If you reverse engineer it, your starting point had to have these components of, let's say, light, mm -hmm. density, time, gravity, electromagnetic force fields. All these things had to be present in perfect uh, harmony to produce anything. You know, mm -hmm. that it's going to explode. But it, it really, it if you look at it and take it back to the beginning, it tells you there must have been an all-powerful being with yes. a mind. Now, yeah. even let's say it's not the God of the Bible, but it, it still 
your mind tells you that you cannot make something, design something without a designer. And so that's why we're going to look yeah. at it. It says, we'll look at these verses later, like in Psalm 14.1. It says, the fool has said in his heart that there's no God. There's something very important about that. Where does he say it? Not in his mind. He says it in his heart. Yeah. Because his mind is telling him there right. is a God or there's a creator. Yeah. And, and John, most of the technology we have today, a lot of it comes from looking at nature. Yeah. Biomimicry. The definition is the design and production of materials, structures, and systems that are modeled on biological entities and processes. And so, you know, um, when, you, when you look at Einstein, you look at some of these other guys with IQs of 200 or more, uh, and they had limitations, yeah. right? And so it gives us really, we were created in the image of God, but it just shows you how much greater his knowledge base is. Oh, yeah. When you see everything running together so smoothly, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, from the yeah. Milky Way to a molecule, right? right. I mean, every, all you see is these systems. Yeah, they all work together. Uh, are working in harmony, almost like a Swiss together. watch. Yeah. When you take the back off of it, mm -hmm. and... That's why constantly in the scripture, it's it's saying that we have these, what they, the old timers used to call, there's two books that reveal God. Yeah. Num number one is the book of scripture. Right. And number two is the book of nature. Yeah. And both of these bear witness that there is a God and he's all powerful. And that it also shows us it, right from the beginning, God doesn't explain himself. It just simply says, in the beginning, God, right? Mm -hmm. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. He doesn't give you 10 reasons to believe in him other than just look at what he made. You can tell a lot about a person, an artist, a sculptor, an inventor, am I right? Yes. You, by looking at their product. Yeah. What did they put together? Yeah. You know, it tells you, well, this guy was creative. This guy was artistic. This guy was, he knew how to bring different things together and, and put them in a package, so to speak, and make something work. Yeah, and contrary to common assumptions, the Bible doesn't just say have blind faith. Right. If you look at uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.21, you know, God is basically telling us, test all things, hold fast to what is good. Right. So what you're looking at, you can test out the universe and, and earth and the way things operate, our DNA, you know, how blood clots. I, I wrote something down about that. It's incredible. And it happens over and over again. Yeah, right. And so right. he wants you to prove it out for yourself. Test all things. Hold fast to what is true. And then in King James, he puts it, prove all things. Um, so, you know, he is not hiding behind anything, wanting us to have blind faith. He's trying to show us that yeah. he exists. Yeah, what, what, uh, what Einstein said yeah. was that we live in an intelligent universe yes. yeah. and we seem to be endowed with an intelligence mm -hmm. that we can make sense of this intelligent universe. Why is that? You yeah. know, I mean, why yeah. why is it interface like that? Well, the best explanation is God made it mm -hmm. and he made us in his image yeah. and therefore we're hardwired to, to kind of make sense. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, how does gravity work or how does electricity mm -hmm. work or how... So by exploring and examining these things, we come up and we discover mm -hmm. laws that God has already put in there. Yeah. Well, so look at what he says, what God says himself in the first person in Isaiah 40, 25 to 26. To whom then will you liken me, or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their host by number who calls them all by name by the greatness of his might and strength of his power 
not one is missing. See, that's great, uh, that uh, Isaiah 40, yeah. verse 25. Yeah. Because God is challenging, man. Yeah. Look up, look at this stuff, and this should lead you to me. That's very similar in what he says in Psalm 19, David, where he says, okay. he's very interesting when he says, the, uh, the heavens declare the glory of God. In other words, what you just read, you know, the star sure. system, uh-huh. uh, the sun, the moon, mm-hmm. the different uh, seasons, the different phases of the moon. The firmament shows his handiwork. That's the clouds, the firmament, this guy. Right. But then he says this, day unto day utter speech. So somebody said, I would believe in God if he just wrote something in the sky. I am God. I created. But in a sense, God's saying here, I did write in the sky yeah. every day. Right. Every day. Right. You know, uh, look How does at the it. sun go up and come down yeah. every day, right? Or How the, does the moon stay in position so we're not overtaken by tidal waves? And, you know, I mean... Come and on. why does the earth yeah. rotate the way it does? It does. Then? What if it was a little closer to the sun? That is correct. You know, we'd burn yeah. up. And what if it was a little further away from the sun? And yeah. why is it that in another month's time, all the leaves are going to turn? Exactly. Because the temperature is getting cooler. Yes. And the water sourcing has diminished a little bit. Why? But in the spring, six, seven months later, it's all going to bud again. And leaves and flowers are going to come out. Why? Why is that? You know... Because what's happened, David, is we become sophisticated, you know, and we think we figure things out. What really a childlike faith would yeah. really help us, because I believe little children are are made mm-hmm. with a sense of wonder. They, they lose it over time, but when they say mm-hmm. lightning, what's that about? Or they catch a little lightning bug, or they, you know, they're they're just uh, enthralled with creation. But over time, we get sophisticated, and we live more and more in a man-made world. We drive cars, we get on elevators, we look at computer screens look at all day. Our phone. So we're not really in nature the way mm-hmm. people were 100 years ago, 500 years ago. So we lose touch yeah. sometimes with the wonders of nature. Yeah, and the one thing you brought up is the earth ro- rotation. This, this is fascinating. The rotation of the earth, had it been one-tenth its present rate, the length of our days and nights would have been increased 10 times. Our vegetation would burn up during the long days while the nights would bring such low temperatures that any plant life which survived the day would be sure to freeze. One-tenth, One-tenth. rotation yeah. difference. It's just so finely tuned. We're going to get yeah. to that, this idea of a finely tuned universe. Right. First of all, we have the creative universe, and then God says, again, in Psalm 19, day unto day utter speech. And mm-hmm. In other words, it's telling us something. Night unto night reveals knowledge. Notice this idea of language, speech, words. There is no speech nor language where their voice mm-hmm. is not heard. So God is speaking. You see, he's speaking. And and what is what is the word universe? What does that come from? Uni means what? U-N-I means what? Uh, one. Yeah, one, right. And verse means yeah. what? Statement. Statement. So the yeah. whole universe is a singular statement yeah. about God. Uni-verse. And just look at it day and night, day and night, God is speaking yeah. to us mm-hmm. through the created order. Yeah. But again, we don't lift up our eyes and we don't consider, maybe maybe we're distracted, maybe we're in a hurry. Well, <clears throat> you know, I don't know. I don't know. It brings, you know, I have so many of these tidbits. I'll read one more. <laughs> you know, th- this is fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the moon is the right distance from the earth. The moon is about... 239,000 miles away from the earth if it were only 50,000 miles away the tides which are now harmless would completely submerge the continents twice a day twice a day yeah look at that 
Um, so, you know, there's all of those kinds of uh, tidbits. We'll, we'll, we'll get into more. But, um, you know, what, what's fascinating is, um, like, when we, I, I remember when we took the kids to the zoo when they were little, and everything was just so cool, yeah, you yeah. know. And, and now you take them, you know, they're teenagers. <laughs> it's like, come on, can we go and get some lunch? And, and I think it's even worse so for us as adults you know, it, it's almost like you just don't realize the gifts you have every single day in front of you. Uh, you get complacent, um, you see it too much, and you forget really the, the beautiful qualities it has all the way through to bring us back to our roots. Yeah. And what's point. important. That sense of wonder yeah. and awe. And you cannot look at that without looking to God and no saying, way. my God, you know, what it says, how great thou art. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the psalm in the song, he says, you know, how great thou art. And, yeah. and um, it, I don't know, maybe becoming a Christian and a believer opens your eyes more because you go to the Word of God like we're doing, and it just points I think you you're and right. says, slow down, yeah. look at you. You mm-hmm. look at the universe, but look at our own bodies. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we, we fuel the body, we give it food and we, you know, wash and then, but we treat it almost like a car, you know, given the basic necessities. Yeah. But we're a miracle machine. You know, it says in the scripture, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, eyesight and hearing and digestion of food and, and the growth. It's just amazing. You know, I, I especially see this in, in little babies, my grandchildren, how they develop in creativity yeah. and they can yes. talk and reason. Yeah. And they, they get on the computer screen, they know how to flip to get the photos and everything at age one or two. It's crazy. Well, yeah, you know, I, I, I'll i just say even this morning, I was late for our show. You know, I, had, I got pulled into a call and I was like, you know, and then I'm sitting here and I'm looking at my email before the show. And you know, it, and when you get into the show, you're like, oh yeah, this is this is good. This is you know, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is worth doing. You, you know, slow down, so, you know. So and and I think it's the same thing with every listener out there. When you open the Bible and just slow yourself down and really get into the Word, you're going to see how calming it is and how you're able to block out all the chaos around yeah, you. Yeah, right. And, and that's really what it does. The, John, you're the right. Word, the Bible and, yeah. has that that capacity. Mm-hmm. Because it's an eternal yeah. word, heaven yeah. and earth will pass away, Jesus says, but my word endures forever. Right. Because it's a living word. There's yeah. no other book, no. inspiring book, Shakespeare, that's called living. This Bible is a living book. It has a something to it because it's God-breathed that does something to you inside. And that's yeah. hard for unbelievers to understand this, but it does something mm-hmm. to you. It, it, it convicts you, it illuminates, it encourages you, it instructs you. It does all of these things, and it's a compass uh, you're different. And in, I always tell people, in a world that's changing like crazy, which yeah. is our world today, right? Wow. It's just like everything's topsy-turvy socially, culturally. It reminds me of looking in the, the window of a dryer, you know, a washer-dryer, and you see everything turning mm-hmm. around, spinning around. Well, when everything around you gets like that, get with two things that never change. Number one, it says in Hebrews, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the great I Am. Number two, the Word of God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, Jesus says, but my word endures forever. Psalm 119, verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is is settled in the heavens. So those two pillars, those never change. So as your life gets more and more hectic, try to go to those two things. Yeah. Give stability. You know, and and we forget it. Even as believers, we forget that sometimes. But we have to be kind of encouraging one another to get back to being in the presence of Jesus Christ. And number two, allowing his word to dominate our life. Exactly. You know. Well, and, and by doing that, 
that domination is the best thing you'll you'll ever have. Oh yeah. You, you know, I know a lot of people are. You know, they don't like to be told what to do. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm one of those. But you know, the thing is, let me tell you, it is so freeing to be dominated by the creator of the universe, and the heavens. Oh yeah. And humanity, because if you talk about the ultimate trust and faith you can have in anything, that's it. That, that, that's where it sits with me and my family. Um, you know, so, and, and I got to tell you, then there's no more excuses because then you're praying through stuff. You're, you're, you're calm even when there's turbulent storms all around you. Um, you know, you're going to have trouble though. And, and I think that, that that's really the issue. And part of today is we're talking about God in creation. We're really basically saying, does God exist? Yeah, right. That's really what the show is right. about. And, right. and we're trying to demonstrate that he has put his hand in front of us so that we can see it and we can see it daily, every minute, every second, if we so choose to. Uh, but if you're running around too fast and you just think everything just created itself out of nothing and you know it's just evolution and you're just gonna get to the next meeting that's where the mistake comes in. Yeah, right, right. That, that's really where I think a lot of society is. Yeah, so um, so because God clearly says in his word, there's a couple of very interesting things when, when you look at how God uh, described uh, our situation and how we, we think about him by looking at his works. Well, you can see this like in Psalm 104. Since we're in Psalms, I'm going to jump around a little bit. But Psalms 104 goes through this whole thing of... Um, the great, okay. yeah, Psalm 104, and you can see how the psalmist here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he he talks about uh, how God satisfies us. You know, uh -huh. yeah, bless the Lord within me. I mean, you just look at verse Psalm 104, right. and look at verse one and two. Sure, praise the Lord, my soul, Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps Himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. Notice that 3,000 years ago, the <laughs> psalmist is writing yeah. about how God does this. You know, it, it, I mean, it's just amazing. He says in verse 7, At your rebuke, they, the floodwaters flee, the voice of your thunder, they hasten away. They, it's poetry. They went up over the mountain. Mm -hmm. He's talking about rivers. Um, verse 10, he sends the springs into the valleys. They right. flow among the hills. This guy is just going through everything he sees, maybe as a shepherd, and he's seeing all this beauty of nature, and he's yeah. pointing to God. He says, you're moving these forces in a river. You're separating mm -hmm. the seas. You're, you're putting these stars like ornaments in the heavens, and he's overwhelmed by it. But he wrote 3,000 years ago, and, so, and it, it, it should impact us today. You would think. You, know, you, you would know, hope. You know, it's just like saying um, what he did, you know, is, is still here. You know, it's interesting, David. Like, last show I shared, I just got back from Italy. And we saw, the, you know, the, the ruins at Pompeii or the Colosseum or this. But they're in ruins. I mean, man made them. They were very creative, what man did. But but, but it's, it's not like nature. This hasn't changed. You know what I mean? It's, it's nice that what man makes, but man makes doesn't last. What God makes is a daily show, a daily object lesson. We can look up, we can look down, we can look around, we can look within our own self, our own being, and you just see this remarkable designer yes. that put this thing together. And uh, yes. we're enthralled sometimes by what man is able to do, but it's so small. 
compared to what God does. And it doesn't last that long. You know, at one time the Roman Empire was the big guy on the block, but yeah. now it's a museum. You know, and, and I, while you were talking about Italy, I just kept thinking about Pompeii and, you know, the utter destruction that occurred there. And I know that, you know, you were there, uh -huh. you saw the statues of the people frozen in time, but then you see that utter destruction, even by Mount St. Helens, and then years later it comes back more beautiful, more advanced yeah. in terms of the number of species, the health of the plants, trees, whatever it is, from that destruction. Right. And, and it's all set up in the in the earth. Yeah, exactly to, right. To be able to, you know, evolve like that and, and be reborn. So, you know, whenever I see that, and I think, you know, I never used to like winter till I met you, John. And, uh, no, there were days I liked, like, if, like when you have snow on the trees before Christmas and stuff like that. I've always liked that. But the one thing you said is it's kind of like going to a used car lot and it snows and, you know, you can't tell which car is which. They all look good. Well, you got a Lexus yeah. dealership so. and a junkyard. <laughs> and, you know. Yeah. And, and, and so, but then spring comes and, you know, all the dead trees, they're reborn, flowers, buds occur. And, and you know. Every single year we see that in this part of the country. Yeah, yeah, we have spring, fall, and winter in this part of the country. And a lot of people say, why aren't you moving to Florida or other places? You don't get that there. Yeah, exactly right. And so for me, it's kind of like being in the Word. And like you said, your, your, your story about walking and seeing these used car lots with snow on the cars. Um, there's a lot of truth to that. We just have to find the time to do it. And I think the biggest thing for me is the fact that everything you're doing, there'll be there'll be time for it. Or sometimes the things happen on their own. Right. Even though you're spending time in the Word or you're doing stuff with your men's group or you're going to church, it, you got to have it or nothing else really matters. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what happens when you become a believer. You you accepted Jesus Christ. It's like your your compass. Yes. And all of a sudden. It's fixated on the north. It's fixated on Christ. Mm -hmm. So your compass is now realigned. Yeah. And so in your daily life, your business, your children, you're going mm -hmm. to church, you're going to a party, whatever it might be, it's all now, uh, it's like your GPS system is, is now pointed to Jesus Christ. He, yes. he reorients your whole life. And mm -hmm. when it comes to creation yeah. or nature, it offers us the best explanation of why the universe is the way it is. Absolutely. We see this orderly creation. Mm -hmm. um, we see human beings are different than animals, mm -hmm. which suggests we are made in the image of God, just like the Bible says. It talks about changing times and seasons, but it also indicates that what we have here today was not how God originally created yes. stuff. It says in day six in Genesis that after God finished creation, everything was very good. But then what happened? Man turned his back on God, he opened the door for Satan to come in. Mm -hmm. Nature itself was impacted. All of these things, once man opened that door and goes on that darkened path, we're still going down that path today. Yeah, uh, There's sin and death in the world, but we can still see the beauty, uh, the harmony of God's original creation, although it's flawed and one day will be restored at the end of the age with the new heaven and the new earth. And even us as believers will have a new body, literally a new physical body. First uh, Corinthians 15 tells us about that. But my point being that the Bible offers us the best explanation for the nature of the universe, for the, the, the nature of human beings, yeah. uh, for, for uh, evil, for good. 
Uh, it tells us there's an invisible realm inhabited by angels, mm -hmm. by demons. All of these things start to make sense. Yeah. And to me, that's why you're really great theologians will simply tell you the Bible offers you the best explanation for life, for living, and for dying. It yes. just does. Yeah, and you know, John, I, I have a good quote here I want to read. Uh, and I wrote down, life demands a life giver. Scientists have tried in vain to create life from non-life or even from soups of laboratory chemicals. They have utterly failed. Uh, and then this uh, astrophysicist, uh, Hugh Ross, uh, in the Creator and the Cosmos book, uh, wrote, even under highly favorable conditions of a laboratory, these soups have failed to produce anything remotely resembling life. One problem is that they produce only a random distribution of left and right-handed prebiotic molecules. Life chemistry demands that all molecules be either right or left-handed. With all our learning and technology, we cannot even come close to bringing life together in the lab. Now look at that. I, from no life. Yeah. You know, you, you can take, you know, a DNA from your animals. You know, some people are doing that, but that's not what it says, from no life. And create life. Yeah. So yeah. how could anything come from nothing? In other words, how can you get matter from mm -hmm. non-matter? Right. And then how are you going to get life, as you just said, yeah. from matter, inorganic matter? Yeah. How are you going to get mm -hmm. life? And then from life, how are you going to get consciousness? And let alone to the degree of a man, yep. a woman, that's self-conscious, that has a conscience. Now we go from yeah. now we go from life to consciousness. As uh, Rene Descartes would say, ergo, cognito yeah. uh, ergo sum, in Latin means I think, therefore I am. But beyond that, now we have a conscience. Why does men around the world, born in this, have a sense of right and wrong? Now they yes. can override that, but even little children, somebody takes your toy and they go, that's not fair. Yeah. Well, why do they, where do they get that? Or he got more than mm -hmm. I got. You know, see what I'm saying? They have this conscience. Mm -hmm. So where did that thing come from? How does that come from inanimate matter? And yeah. where do we get the sense of, of beauty or mercy or love or truth? Mm -hmm. Th those are not evolutionary components. No way. You know, um, if you were to interview a lot of people, I, I would think, you know, their answer about, you know, when you made that decision, did you know it was a bad decision or a good decision? And if you give them a scenario, unless you're dealing with, you know, serial killers mm -hmm. or something along those lines, most people have a good heart, yeah, and they know the right answer. And so, you know, when we think through how we were created in God's image, He breathed life into us. And we said this on the previous show. Mm -hmm. He not only gave us a physical body, but a spiritual soul. That's it. That's it. And so, we do know in a lot of cases what is the right thing to do. Uh -huh. We don't have to be trained. We don't have to be told. It's innate. It's part of our being. Exactly and, right. and where did that come from? That's it. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. So. so, in other words, what what any scientist, even an atheist, will tell you, there's laws in the universe. Yeah. You know, water freezes at 32 degrees. Mm -hmm. Water turns to mm -hmm. steam at 212 degrees. Uh, you throw a ball up in the air. Gravity's going to pull it down to the earth. There's right. laws. You can measure these laws. Mm -hmm. Well, the same one that gives us physical laws has given us moral laws. Yes. And that's where this idea of conscience yes. comes in. We have a built-in conscience. Now, yes. again, you can override that. Oh, you people can. do. And yeah, they do I did. Things, I used to, yeah. And they just say, I didn't think there was anything mm -hmm. wrong with that. I just went with the group or whatever. But that doesn't mean, it suggests, in other words, just the same way there, there's a physical lawgiver of the universal laws, 
there is also a moral lawgiver. And so once you become a believer, you see a highly elevated moral lawgiver where he even wants to transform our thoughts yes. and, our, and our aspirations. And that's pretty powerful stuff. But um, I want to show you this is a very interesting thing when it comes to creation, David. If you look at Second uh, Chronicles chapter 9. Okay. Second Chronicles, this, was, this is really the high watermark of the rulers, the kings of Israel. This is Solomon, who is the son of David. He's took over the throne. And he goes on this building campaign. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing what this guy built. Of course, he wrote the letter, the, the Proverbs, and part, you know all of the mm. maybe Ecclesiastes. But the, the people hear about him, Gentiles, and they want to come and see him, right? And it, when one of these people that come is the Queen of Sheba. Yeah. Uh, perhaps modern day Ethiopia. We're not certain on that. But if you look at chapter nine, uh, uh, Second Chronicles chapter, and just read verses one. Uh, through three. When the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. Arriving with a very great caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba saw the wisdom of Solomon, as well as the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, the cupbearers in their robes, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. Okay. You see where it says she was overwhelmed? Yeah. Some will say... Uh, she was in awe. Some would say her breath was taken away. Mm, yeah. She's awed. She's yeah. overcome. But notice what she's looked at. She's looked at what man made. His temple, his house, uh, the garments, the food, the tables, the silver, the gold. When she sees that, she is awed, right? She is overwhelmed. This is the same thing is said in another place in uh, uh, in First Kings uh, chapter 10. Exact same thing. It says she was awed or it says... You know when somebody gasps when they see something great, they go, mm -hmm. they just can't believe it. Yeah. But now when you look, when Jesus references this in Matthew chapter 6, in Matthew chapter 6, he says something very interesting. Mm -hmm. In verse 28 okay. and 29. Sure. This is our Lord speaking. Matthew, 20, uh, and, Matthew 6, verse 28 and 29. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Notice that. He's yeah. saying Solomon, in everything he made, in all his glory, had. Yeah. was not arrayed, was not like beautiful that as little nature. flower. Yeah. He's comparing a God-made mm -hmm. flower king. to the greatest thing this king mm -hmm. could ever build. So much so when the Queen of Sheba saw what Solomon built, her breath was taken away. She was awestruck. How much more awestruck should we be mm -hmm. when we look out here at trees, at flowers, at children, at any of these things? Yeah. We should be gasping, you know, like... Yeah, oh. we should. You know, I think that's you part see, of the you, fall of man. I think one of my favorite little birds is the hummingbird. And when you see that sucker come over to your nectarine, and, you know, Marilyn has some hummingbird plants, it's unbelievable. How cool that little oh, guy man. is. And to think he's going to fly all the way over to Canada. That little guy. <laughs> and what kind of energy is he burning up? Do you ever think of that? It's I mean, unbelievable. Kind of I know. Have?
You, you talk know, about the Energizer Bunny. You know, it's wow. really interesting. There's a little song written years ago yeah. about birds, and it says, uh, said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these silly human beings run around and hurry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, I think it must be they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. Mm -hmm. So humans, we do all this crazy stuff and all this stuff, and the birds of the air and the you know, animals, they just get on with their life, you know, kind of like the hummingbird. Yeah. But we're so caught up, we're so distracted, we don't stop and pause and think, wow, God has placed us in this room, if you want to call the universe a room, for a span of 70 or 80 or 90 or 100 years. Should we not step back and reflect like the Queen of Sheba did on yes. man-made things and like Jesus is pointing us to this little created flower? Because yeah, it's, it's, it, you know. So uh, the other the other thing is, I was just thinking about this hive we have in our um, outside by our house. We have to have it removed, so they're coming to do that. But when you think about even a beehive, there's three levels to the hierarchy of the bees: queen, worker bees, drone. They also have guard bees that sit outside the door. Yeah, and and it's perfection. It, you know, they make their hexagon shapes, which we're now copying in buildings. Yes for strength and, you know, the fact that it's less weight and everything else. And, you know, you see it in every little detail if you really look hard enough. Um, so Yeah, I mean, the bees are classic. I mean, yeah. they even go find where there's there's clover, where there's flowers. Right. And they, they have a way of communicating mm -hmm. with, when they go back to the hive by dance. Mm -hmm. And it, it tells direction and distance. Well, how... This comes mm -hmm. to the second thing. We first of all we see design, right? We see mm -hmm. it all over the place. Number two is this idea of information. Right now, this even atheists are having a difficult time with this because what we're finding as we get into DNA and the molecule structure is that it's encoded. A string of DNA is encoded with thousands and thousands of bits of information, much like a computer is coded. But you cannot have information without an informant. Right. You have to have a mind. For example. If you are flying a plane over an island, let's say in the South Pacific, and you're flying low and it's an un uninhabited, and you see rocks and you see debris and driftwood on the beach, right? Okay, you say, hello, the ocean cast it up here. But if you go by and it says, all the rocks and the logs says, help me, we are stranded, all written out. You, that You wouldn't think the ocean just right. threw things up randomly. Mm -hmm. There's information there. Yeah. There's information exactly. there, right? Which yeah. required a mind. It required a person to, so too, when you look at the, the structure of the cell of DNA and these chromosomes, there's thousands, perhaps billions mm -hmm. of bits of information that are encoded. Yeah. Now, they not only are encoded, but they must be decoded. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be blue eyes or bright feathers or whatever. So <laughs> even unbelieving atheists are saying that we got to explain how this information is getting on this DNA unless there is a mind behind it. Yeah. There is no language without mind. Right. You know, the law demands a lawgiver. Science has discovered that our physical universe appeared from nothing, but how did this happen? Yeah. Science cannot explain the origin of the universe, but there must be an answer. Look at the Bible, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah, yeah. There's your answer. Yeah. I um, mean, it's powerful, right, in that I, one sentence. In the beginning... There we see time. Mm -hmm. God created. There we see, you know, his action, energy. God created heaven. Okay, there's space and earth. 
there's matter. So what do you have? You have time, mm -hmm. space, and matter. What are the three ingredients or components of this universe? That's right. Time, space, and matter. And all three of those have three dimensions. Time, past, present, future. Yeah. Okay, space, height, width, length, and substance, solid, liquid, mm -hmm. gaseous. Wouldn't it make sure, if a triune God, wouldn't maybe he leave his fingerprints on his creation in these three things of time, space, and matter? Yeah, and John, you, you, what you just said, the one thing, though, is the Bible does not tell us when the original creation occurred. Uh -huh. We think that it's 15 billion years ago, right? The, who knows, right? But science and the Bible agree that the universe began and that it immediately operated according to the predictable natural laws. Right. And that's what we were saying. Everything just runs so seamlessly together. Day after day. Yeah. Month after month. Season after season. Yeah. So, so it demands. And yeah. of course, this is going to be used scripturally. I mean, you right. see uh, Paul, when he's sharing the gospel, mm -hmm. uh, he'll say this in, let's say... Um, Acts chapter 17, you know, he's out and he's preaching. These people don't know the, have the Bible or anything at this time. Yeah. But he, he, he'll come to them and he'll say to them about God. He says, um, you look at Acts chapter uh, 17, Acts of the Apostles, you look at verse 24. Paul says, I'm going to proclaim to you about the God of the Bible, basically. Yeah, Verse the, 24. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Notice that. He's, he, there's there creation. Is. Now, yeah. for what purpose? From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. And then that they should do what? God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of See, us. See, he wants relationship sure with does. human beings. And therefore, it says in verse 28, for, for, go on. For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Notice that. All this stuff is contained in those three verses. Yeah. That there's a God. He created us. We're, man is unique. we're his offspring. Yeah. We're special, made in his image. And his purpose is that we would seek a relationship with him. The creator of the universe, um, we are his offspring. Yeah. Yeah. Wake up. Made in his image. Wake up. You know, um, throw, throw cold water on your face, man. <laughs> well, at least consider it. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's... life... You know, you know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> life is fleeting, you know, and the things we invest our time in, yeah. you know, I'm not saying they're bad things, sports and movies and all these, but you got to step back once and, and just say, you know, what am I doing here? What yeah. is going on here? Right. Uh, you know, if you saw the Truman Show, he has that moment where he says, what is going on here? Yeah. Kind of a thing. And he just stops and he says, yeah. something is, 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 is happening around mm -hmm. me and I'm part of it. Maybe I should figure this out before my life ends. You know, um, I kind of think the people that are frozen in the day-to-day -day and, you know, don't believe in what we're saying are kind of in the Truman Show. Yeah, and you sometimes have to break the ceiling like he did. You know, the boat slammed into the wall. I believe that was the one imagery in the movie. And then he's like, wait a minute. 
what's going on? Yeah, you right. know, and then he realized he was in a set. Then he got out and started seeing all the people running around and Exactly. You right. almost you gotta free yourself from the bubble you're in. And who was keeping him in? Yeah, the enemy world. What the was enemy the name is. of the remember the, the the director, the producer of the whole thing? Uh what was his name? Christoph. Christoph. Off. Oh, off. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. And the one that could get yeah, free that's was, a, the one that could get free was the true man. Yeah. Oh, that's good. He saw truth. There it is. And the thing that kept drawing him out is he knew there was a person on the other side that loved him. That woman, remember how yes. he was put it together? So we're going to get into this down the road, Dave. We're going to look at current movies and commercials and see that they have biblical themes to them. That, and absolutely. It's a, it's that a, is great. It's a nice way. I of, like that. Yeah. It's a nice way of sharing what the people... Just like yeah. Paul used what he had, he's here in, uh, mm -hmm. in Athens at this time. Now yeah. look when he's look at chapter 14 of Acts. He's in a different setting, but he uses this same approach with these people here. If you look at uh, Acts chapter 14, and he says, um, uh, what, what it is, they just did a miracle. They healed this crippled man, and the people like want to worship Paul and Barnabas because they think they're like divine beings. They're like these gods. But Paul, Paul says, don't do this. Look at verse 14 and 15. Chapter at 14. Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. So but now they, they heal a man in verse 6, but at verse, look at verse 14 and 15. But when the apostle Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Notice what he's saying. They wanted to worship creation. Yeah. They probably worshiped the horoscope, the stars. But he says, don't worship creation. Worship the creator. Yes. So he's turning their eyes away from the, what he calls these useless things to the living God, non-living things, to the living God who made heaven and earth. He says, who in bygone generations allowed us nations to walk in their own ways. In other words, to walk in the darkness. But notice, this is very important, verse 17. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without a witness in that he did good. He gave us rain from heaven, fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. Do you see what he's saying here? Mm -hmm. Even though they didn't know the God of the Bible, he says, look, He's given us life. He gives us rain from heaven, which produces the fruit and the vegetables you eat. Yeah. And it just doesn't satisfy your body. It says it gives us gladness. What does he say? Well, it gives us gladness. He meets our physical and our emotional needs. Think of a Thanksgiving dinner. It's not only we're getting good food, but we're having family and friends. And so it has this kind of a emotional uh, fullness to it. But he said, that's the God who you want to serve. Don't serve the sun, the moon, the stars, the, the, the mountain, the tree, the river. This is all just creation. Seek the creator who put this whole thing together. Right, right. And man stands between. It's very interesting because man stands between heaven and earth. You know, he's, man is hooked to this earth by gravity and we, we're dependent on this earth for, you know, food and sustenance and water. But we have this, we're, we're people that stand up with our head in the heavens, so to speak. We have these higher thoughts, with these higher aspirations. Yeah. We know there's more to life than this. Yes. And anyone that thinks that this is all their life, we see celebrities, they got it all, right? They got a car, they got a boat, they got this, but they don't know God. And their relationships are often messed up 
because they don't have the primary relationship with God through Jesus right. Christ. Therefore, they're, these, these horizontal relationships with their spouse, with their children, with their friends, is often out of kilter. What is it? What is good is it? Exactly. You know. Yeah. What you, it, it isn't. Isn't that absolutely the truth? You know, we just were looking at some of these uh, uh, athletes before the show that have won Super Bowl rings, yeah, right. and they're looking for what's next. I won't mention any names, but you know, the thing is, when, when you get to that that point, you know, the pinnacle of your career, it is kind of like, okay, now what? You know, now what do I do? That's why there's also so many. Uh, you know, suicides with yeah. the super rich and the, the Hollywood stars. I mean, you, you know, it's still questionable. You think of guys like, you know, Michael Jackson and Prince and all these people that died in their 50s. They say it was potential drug overdoses or who knows what else. Oh, uh, meds they were on. Jim you know, Morris. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Marilyn Monroe. All, all those people. Yeah. You know, 50. 50 years old. 51. Um, Whitney Houston, you yeah. know, you just think of more and more names, and you everybody thought they had it made, you know. Yeah, the the world. It was Saint Augustine that says, mm-hmm. "Our hearts are restless, O Lord, until they find their rest in yes. Thee." Yeah, and it's true. We go this, we try that, we have, and all of this this kind of a crazy rush to to get a little, you know. Yeah. If we sit still and contemplate, especially once you get into the Word mm-hmm. of God. Uh, and then start saying, you know what? This this makes sense. It does seem yeah. like that, uh, that there is a God, and he and he wants us to to not only believe in him, but then behave like we believe in him. Yes, and you know, change our whole our whole course of being. But so we see these different instances in the scripture, and of course, uh, this is kind of like what what God is revealing constantly uh, to us. And then as you as you as you start realizing this, it'll say in Hebrews chapter 11 he starts showing you deeper things uh about um you know you look at uh, life and and, and and you can start Hebrews, these, uh, uh, what? chapter chapter 11 and you can see uh verse one and two actually one through three now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see this is what the ancients were com- commended for by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So that's a very important thing he's saying here. Oh, yeah. If you have faith, you can understand things unseen. For an example, if you have faith and you believe in Genesis, the Bible, mm-hmm. where it says, and God spoke the universe, he spoke the heavens, that's not hard for me to believe. An all-powerful God could speak things into existence. Whereas a scientist might say, oh, that can't happen. But if you believe God is that powerful, you believe he can do that. And then once you start studying the scripture, you can see, well, I can't see angels, but the Bible declares it, and I believe that there, there is a, this realm of angelic beings. Yes. I don't see demons, but the Bible says there are demons that can influence life. Mm-hmm. So you're starting to see, by, by, by believing in God's word, by faith, you're starting to understand the invisible. You understand, oh, there is a God, and in him we live and move and have our mm-hmm. being. And that uh, uh, I, I just see my physical body, but the Bible tells me that I have a soul, an yes. invisible soul. Jesus says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose your soul? The, the, the most important part of a human being is his soul. But human beings today think the most important part is my body. Yeah. That's why they're getting you know, plastic surgery. They're trying to live five years more and all this research and 
can we live longer and not live to 100 years? Can we live to 110 years? Well, yeah, okay, but why? What's your purpose in life? Just to live longer? You know, but the Bible clearly says, no, you live this life to bring glory to God. And, but, but without faith, you don't see any of that stuff. You don't. So that's a powerful thing which God has shown us right here. Yeah, and you know, um, one one of the things uh, you know, at Forbes magazine even I, I wrote down here they they write most inventions from the airplane flight to Velcro were in some way inspired by the natural world. The Swiss engineer George Mistral obtained the idea for Velcro from observing the birds that stuck to his dog's fur. So you know, it's I I, I keep going back to that. You know, just what's in nature and how we learn from nature to exist in the world and to evolve yeah. humanity. It's yeah. all through watching what God did. Yeah. And we, we'll never, we can never get close to what he did. Um, so it's it just, we just have to be in awe. And you would think being in awe would drive us the right direction, wouldn't you think? Well, yeah, I think. I it, mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. No, in a sense, in a sense it does. Um even these scientists that are copying nature, you know, you would almost think a light yeah, bulb right. would go off saying, wow, who, this a designer created yeah, this. Yeah, right, right. Like Michelangelo, if you look at Michelangelo and Da Vinci, you can kind of tell the difference in their work. Right. Because they all, they have their own signature. Yeah, right. And God has his own signature with this stuff. Um, it is so clear. And to see that scientists... Get right there, and they have microscopes, and believe me, they're studying so many things, and yet they just can't get themselves to say it. To see the Creator God. To say it. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, it it, it is interesting. It talks about, um, in Ephesians, how we come to know God, and, and, you know, we're saved by grace through faith. But he he says this, that for believers, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, in, in his kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. This suggests that in the ages to come, that when we die and go into mm-hmm. eternity, God is going to be revealing more and more to us. Yes. You know, yeah. which is a very important thing. Then that would suggest right now in this lifetime, we're like in kindergarten, maybe first grade. Mm-hmm. But God wants to get us through high school yeah. and advanced degrees in the universe and the, knowing more and more about him, his creative powers. Mm-hmm. And what we do here now with our inventions, mm-hmm. like you say, many of them mm-hmm. are, are copied or mimicked off of mm-hmm. natural order of things. Who knows what he's going to have us do in eternity? No, no kidding. You know, I, I, wrote, I got one more because, yeah. you know, we have a pond in our yard and I love watching the dragonflies. Do you know dragonflies can carry as much as 15 times their own weight as they travel through the air? Is that right? Yet yeah. most high-performance aircraft cannot lift much more than their own weight. It's amazing. It is, and so now we're now we're studying the the uh, wings and how the airflow and how they whirlwind their wings around to give us ideas for designing, uh, you know, airplanes better. It, it, yeah, and you know, here's the thing: if you go through the 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 six days of cre- seven days of creation and the seventh day he yeah, rested, yeah, yeah. but you think about what he did on each one of those days. And we're just pointing out some of his creatures. Exactly right. And some of the things we see. But he did it. And, you know, those single days in that short period of How time. How could it be evolutionary? Like that. We'll, it's we'll just wrap it up by one or two yeah. Here's what a famous biochemist says, Michael yeah. Behe. He says, How could a process of gradual improvements produce a complex organ that needs all its parts, the eye? 
a pinhole, a lens, light-sensitive surface in order to work. Behe says the eye closely resembles a cam camera, which is clearly a product that someone has designed it. How can all these really, all these components come together no and then form the human eye? It's yeah. easier to believe that there's a designer yeah. behind it. And this, well, we'll start wrapping it up, David, because yeah. the shows. And yeah. this is WNZN Radio. We're so grateful uh, to have this station and to be able to talk about these kind of things. But you know, when you really think about it. This is some of the biggest issues of today. I want to close with this account uh, yeah, by sure. Adam Kirsch. He says this, The best atheists agree with the best defenders of the faith in God. On one crucial point, that choice to believe or disbelieve is existentially the most important choice of all. It shapes one's whole understanding of human life and purpose because it is a choice that each must make for himself or herself. There is a God or there is no God. I hope that this short program we had today, if anyone's listening and you don't believe, to look at creation, study just what God talks about in his word, in the Bible about creation, and by God's grace, I, it will turn you to the creator. You'll yes. want to know the creator through Jesus Christ. So God bless you all. Thanks again, God bless David. you. Great being here, John. Have a great weekend, everybody.